This podcast sponsored by Cherry Hill Volvo. At Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers, incredible offers, and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krupnik, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. All right, Harvard's president is out, and of course she's blaming racism, not plagiarism. Not the fact that they allowed all this anti-Semitic crap to be done on their campuses. Uh, racism. Right. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter. At Rich Zioli. I was filling in for Dana Lash earlier today from 12 to 3. So you'll get to hear that tonight at 9 o'clock. And we do the replay of that. And then uh, it was a bunch of uh, good stuff over the holiday break. I got to do Levin's show a bunch of times. And... Dana show a bunch of times, so it was great. And again, my thanks to Michael Pelka and Matt Rooney for filling in for me. Well, I was taking a few days off because the thing about it is that 2024 is going to be insane. It is. It's going to be insane. We're about to go down a road of complete nuttery, and it's going to start with the United States Supreme Court having to deal with what Colorado and Maine have done, and it's going to be just be a complete S show from now. They're going to do everything they possibly can to stop Trump. I mean, everything. You have to realize that they will do everything they can to stop him, whatever it takes. And if that means they get behind Nikki Haley, so be it. You know, if the Democrat Party gets behind Nikki Haley, they can live with Nikki Haley. And they, and they just may, you know, they, they may decide to themselves. This, this is the scenario that worries me. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Here's the scenario that worries me. I worry about the Democrat Party realizes Joe Biden's a loser, and they, but they're stuck with him. They, they can't get rid of him. You know, they try to, they charge Hunter Biden and they turn around and they say to the guy, listen, you know, if you don't pardon the guy and get out of the race, he's going to go to prison. He's going to drop a dime on you and Biden doesn't care. They can't just get rid of him because you have the Kamala Harris problem and the Democrats are going to scream that you've just replaced the first black woman with some guy like Gavin Newsom and his wonderful, beautiful quaff of hair. They're not going to be happy about that. So what they may do is, honestly, they may just turn around and say, all right, we got to stop Trump. You know, he's the problem here. He's the guy that's going to destroy this the deep state and the swamp. Although I completely think he's, he's wrong on the FBI building, but I'll talk about that later. But they got to stop him. They're going to do whatever it takes to stop him. And so maybe they just decide, well, then we'll just get behind Nikki Haley. I mean, we can live with her. You know, she's as long as she as long as she's for the war in Ukraine, that's all they care about at this point. I mean, they want power. Don't get me wrong. But they they'd rather, I think, roll the dice on her being there and working with them than him going in there like a bull in a china shop and then 
using all of his power as president to get revenge on these people for allowing the deep state to become so toxic that it is able to bring down a sitting president of the United States of America. You know, and so I wonder, I deep down inside, if a lot of these Democrat party brokers and, and masters of the universe, because remember something, these people all really do get along. You know, I, I know, I know if, you, if you watch the, you listen to political shows and you think to yourself that everybody in the Republican Party and the Democrat Party hate each other. And the reality is, if you go to D.C., you see it with your own eyes, they're all buddies. You know, they, they, they publicly, for the cameras, play it all up, but... Where do you think when they're going to the Capitol Grill at night and eating very expensive steak dinners with lobbyists, you watch Mitch McConnell, how he talks about his friend Joe Biden and his friends across the aisle. I mean, these people are all in on it together as long as they just keep getting rich. That's all they care about. Do they really hate each other? No, they're all complete. There are some that do. I mean, you have some very principled people there. Don't get me wrong. But that's not who I'm talking about. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the people that are the, uh, the establishment types that actually run the show. You know, for them, they'll sit there at dinner with their lobbyists and they'll be Democrats and Republicans and they'll be at the same parties together and, and that's hailed as bipartisanship. And actually all it is is just their way to keep the swamp going and to keep enriching themselves and to make sure that when they leave Washington, if they ever leave Washington, they all land on their feet. Some big board, corporation, Whatever it is. And so they're all in on it together. And if that means that they got to turn around and they got to stop Trump by working together to get a Republican in that they can live with, well, so be it. I think a lot of these same Republicans did that exact same thing to get Joe Biden in. You know, a lot of these Republicans wanted Biden over Trump in 2020. I mean, hell, a lot of them probably wanted Hillary Clinton over Trump in 2016. They just didn't think that he had a had chance. But when 2020 came along, I mean, there's no question in my mind that for these Republican masters of the universe, they were helping Biden. You think Mitch McConnell wanted four more years of Trump? No, definitely not. And this is the problem. I mean, it's the problem with our system. It's why we need term limits. It's why we got to throw these bums out. But that's why nothing changes. It's why the swamp keeps perpetuating itself. And it's why the power is so concentrated among a small group of people who seem to just be there forever and ever and ever and ever. You know, COVID's a great example of this, right? COVID's a great example. I heard Karine Jean-Pierre the other day going on about how the Biden economy is great. Everybody just needs to remember that they came out of the worst pandemic in forever and blah, blah, blah. And you know, we're all supposed to pretend like 14 million jobs were created when actually what happened is that it blue states that all locked down, reopened, jobs came back and pandemic restrictions went away. Jobs came back. But now the Biden administration wants you to believe they created all those jobs. So Corinne Jean-Pierre comes out and lies about that and says, we created 14 million new jobs. I know you didn't. And people know that that's BS anyway. They feel that in their paycheck. But COVID's a great example of what I mean, though, in terms of how big pharma and all these other entities, you know, they got rich and they did just fine. And a lot of people in Washington enabled all of that. They enabled the behavior. And it's a mindset, too, that government knows better than you and that government will keep you safe. So we condition people to believe that. I had a conversation yesterday with some friends about Skittles. Yes, the candy Skittles, about how California wants to ban them. 
because they contain a chemical ingredient. And so there you go. They want to ban them. And, you know, the debate was over the fact of, well, it's bad for you. But you see, this is the problem, though, right? If you condition an entire group of people to believe that government knows better than you, then the minute that something goes wrong or they pretend that something's going wrong, the minute that everybody like sheep will turn around and surrender their freedom and their liberty, whatever precious freedom and liberty they have left. So today it's some ingredient in the food. You know, government's going to keep me safe by banning it. And tomorrow it's a pandemic and government's going to keep me safe by mandating I get a vaccine or by mandating that my kids can't go to school or by mandating that I have to, you know, uh, my business is not essential. And you condition people to believe in all this crap. Climate change is another great example. Climate change is another great example where the government tells you what the science is. And when the government is allowed to decide what science is, there's no debate anymore. You know, you lose the ability to debate. That's why you had things like COVID mandates. There's no debate. It's, you can't debate climate change. You know, you're just called the climate denier and you're shut down. The government doesn't want you to debate. They want you to just do what you're told. And there's a lot of people in Washington who benefit from that. Because then those people will then go on to make a lot of money. I'll give you a great example. Scott Gottlieb is one of those people, right? So when he was at the FDA years ago, before Trump became president, uh, he wanted to ban flavored vapes. You know, people vape. A lot of people do this nowadays. People who are smokers do this. I'm not a vapor myself. I'm a cigar guy. That's where I draw the line. But I know people like uh, they've quit smoking and they vape. And so Scott Gottlieb is the FDA administrator. Well, what he wanted to do was ban those flavored vaping products because they were bad for you, you know? And Trump came in and that went away, thank God. That whole plan went away. But Gottlieb wound up being, you know, he's on a board. He's on the board of Pfizer now and he's making all kinds of money and he's, he's, he's doing just fine. You know what I mean? He's doing just fine. The Biden administration right now wants to ban menthol cigarettes. Now, the argument is that menthol cigarettes, they prey on poor black people. And because uh, obviously poor black people can't think for themselves and make decisions for themselves, the government has to come along and ban a perfectly legal product for their own good. And there are a lot of people that support these things. They support these bans because they've been conditioned to believe that if something is bad, for you, the government knows what's best. And so that's why when you turn around one day and go, wait a minute, are you telling me they were actually trying to ban my gas stove? Yes, because your gas stove is bad for you. You see, if you're asthmatic or you might have a kid who has asthma or just in general for the air, for the climate, it's bad. So we have to ban it. And we have to ban gas cars too. See, it's a mindset. It's a mentality. You condition people excuse me, to believe that this is all for their own good. And then eventually they just turn around and give up their freedom and their liberty, whatever precious freedom and liberty is left because they think that somebody there is protecting them. Meanwhile, when you peek behind the curtain, you realize that all these people who are the ones that control all this stuff wind up getting really, really rich. Why is that? You know, why, why, how is it that they keep getting rich and they keep benefiting from this system? And a big part of the reason for that is because somebody is always going to win. If you lose, somebody will win. Here's what I mean by this, right? I ban your gas stoves. That's okay because whoever makes electric stoves will do just fine. 
if I ban gas cars, well, then the companies that make the uh, the electric cars, well, they'll they'll do just fine, and the government will give them all kinds of money to pay for all these very flammable batteries, and they'll put billions of dollars of subsidies to build these battery plants. And they'll take your tax dollars and they'll just use it for that. If I ban menthol cigarettes because I tell everybody it's bad and it's okay, it's all right because they'll switch to other brands and big tobacco will do just fine and big tobacco will find other ways to make money and and whoever's in Congress or the FDA or the CDC will wind up working for one of these companies as either a lobbyist or an attorney or maybe on the board, like how Scott Gottlieb wound up being on the board of Pfizer. It's okay. It's all good. I mean, they're going to do just fine. The government will grow its power over you as an individual. Like a sheep, you'll turn around and believe it's all for your own good. So when they tell you in a few years that you can't eat meat, you'll already be primed for this. You know, because when they said they were going to ban Skittles, you were like, ah, it's a stupid candy. Who cares? And this is a bad chemical. So uh, yeah, take it out of the food supply. I'm good with that. And then in a few years, when they turn around and say, you can't eat meat. Because it's bad for the environment and it's bad for you. You know, heart disease and blah, blah, blah. And you'll turn around and you'll say, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, the research disagrees with that. The research shows that actually if you eat more of a uh, caveman diet or an omnivore or, or you know, whatever the, the fancy term is that the kids are using today for a diet that's high in protein or something, actually, you know, your cholesterol will go down and your blood pressure will go down. You'll be good. But you see, the government won't allow you to debate that. It's like debating a gas stove. You won't be allowed to. Debating the merits of driving a car that's powered by gasoline. You can't because they've decided the science for you. So when these things turn around and they say to you at some point, well, you you have to limit your meat consumption or there's going to be a meat tax. I mean, what do they do in Philadelphia with the soda tax, right? They said that soda, which is bad for you, was directly impacting poor people. So a lot of poor people were drinking soda. So Philadelphia said to deal with that, we're going to create a soda tax. Now we all know what that is. It's just another way for the government to get money. And it disproportionately affects people that drink soda who happen to be poor in some of these neighborhoods. Other people who have the means will just get in their car and drive someplace else and buy soda where they want to and not pay the stupid sugary drink tax, which is never really about protecting you from soda. It's just another way for the government to get more money. It's like the liquor by the drink tax or whatever else it is. The, I told you years ago, you know, we did a whole campaign back when I was on Afternoons the first time around where I was trying to encourage people to start smoking cigarettes for the children, you know, for the children, because it's, it's what, it, what see, the, the, the tax on cigarettes helps fund the schools. And when Jim Kenney became mayor, he said, we have to raise the price of a pack of cigarettes by a dollar because it's bad for you. And we have to try to get people to stop smoking because it's bad. And I asked the question, why don't you just ban cigarettes? I remember Rush Limbaugh asked that question one time too. He said, if cigarettes are so bad, why don't they just ban them? But the thing about it is though, they want the revenue, you see. They need the revenue. And so they'll just keep raising the taxes on a pack of cigarettes. So I actually said at the time, smoke them if you got them for the children. And if you don't smoke, you should start smoking so that you can help fund the schools. 
because that's what you need to do if you're a good person. You know, if you're a good person, you should be doing that stuff. And it's like any other tax, right? I mean, any other tax has some, some little hidden benefit to help somebody else. You know what I mean? Like there's this great meme today I saw about California. They said, um, here's California, a state that never had slavery. And they're going to take people who never owned slaves. They're going to take their money and give it to people who were never slaves. That's kind of the mindset right there. But the redistributionist aspect of all of this comes from the fact that we have become conditioned to two things. The first one is government will always keep us safe. And the second one is that if something's bad for me, but it's not banned and it's heavily taxed and heavily regulated, that's okay because somebody else will benefit from that. And you got to turn around and say, wait a minute, wait, like, what do you mean? Well, if there's a meat tax, you know, if I'm eating a lot of red meat, it's not good for me. So they won't ban it, but they'll tax it. And then they'll use that for climate change and the children and maybe the seniors too will get some of that. And it's okay. I'll, I'll do my part. I'll eat more steak. I'll eat more chicken. But you just said it was bad for me. Yeah, but yeah, but now the taxes will offset that because now you're helping people by paying the meat tax, you know, like the cigarette tax, like the alcohol tax, like the whatever other tax. And you got to just question the logic of all this and go, wait a second. So you'll ban menthol cigarettes, but not all cigarettes. Why not? I mean, if menthol cigarettes are bad, how come, I mean, it's still a cigarette. Why would the others not get banned? And the Biden administration will turn around and say, well, because the menthol cigarettes disproportionately target poor black people. And then a lot of these groups that represent people who are black smokers turn around and go, well, that's racist. I mean, how come we're not allowed to, to smoke what we want, but then white people can? I mean, if it's bad, you just ban it. Why don't you just ban cigarettes altogether? And the answer is because they need the revenue. They need the money. And nothing that the left does ever makes any sense at all. I mean, there's no logic behind any of this stuff. But there's a mindset where government has to do things for your safety and for your own good. And I think, I really do, I think sometimes they sit around and every now and then have to find something else to ban to remind you that they have the power to do it. Because if they don't do it, you'll forget and maybe someday you'll actually put up a stink about it, you know? It's like when years ago when they tried to ban flavored vaping products and I remember saying on the show, everybody needs to call the White House and tell President Trump to stop this because a lot of his voters either smoked and now use vapes or they just like freedom and knock it off. And they did. And people called, you know, and they said, stop this ban. The ban went away. There was no basis for banning blueberry vapes or boysenberry vapes or whatever. I mean, it made no sense, right? Vaping would be legal, but flavored vaping would be bad. But I, it, there's no logic. It's just that we have to exercise our power and our control all the time. Because when the time comes that we need to ban gas cars and gas stoves and we need to ban meat and make you eat bugs or whatever the hell else they want to do, or we need to keep you in your homes or keep your kids at home or make you take a shot. Not a, I don't mean like a shot of fireball. I mean like a shot of, like a, like a COVID shot. You have to do it. You'll do it, you see. It's very similar to what they did after 9-11 when they turned around and they said, for your own good, we're going to read your emails and listen to your phone calls and 
know everything you're doing because you might be somebody might be a terrorist and we got to protect you from that. It's the same mindset. It really is. And to prove that point, here's Francis Collins. Francis Collins is the former head of the National Institutes of Health. And he talked about how during COVID, there was massive unnecessary collateral damage that was done. And the reason for this, of course, was because the elites who control everything made all the decisions for us. And this guy is one of the absolute worst because Collins at the time was all in on lockdowns and all in on mandates. And he was all in on these things. So now he has to actually acknowledge you know, a little bit late to the game, right? He has to acknowledge now, you know, that maybe our strategy here had some backlash to it. You know, maybe there's a little bit of backlash. So here's Francis Collins discussing this. Cut 16. As a guy living inside the Beltway, feeling the sense of crisis, trying to decide what to do in some situation room in the White House with people who had data that was incomplete, we weren't really thinking about what that would mean uh, to Wilk and his family uh, in Minnesota, a uh, thousand miles away from where the virus was hitting so hard. We weren't really considering the consequences in communities that were not New York City or, or, or some other big city. The public health people, we talked about this earlier, and this is a really important point. If you're a public health person and you're trying to make a decision, you have this very narrow view of what the right decision is, and that is something that will save a life doesn't matter what else happens. So you attach infinite value uh, to stopping the disease and saving a life. You attach a zero value to whether this actually totally disrupts people's lives, ruins the economy, and has many kids kept out of school in a way that they never quite require. Collateral from. damage. So there, yeah, collateral damage. This is a public health mindset. And I think a lot of us involved in trying to make those recommendations had that mindset. And that was really unfortunate. It's another mistake we made. No, really? See, that's so funny because during that whole thing, I was saying all those things. Like, the, you know, the collateral damage you guys are causing to the economy, to the kids, to the uh, to mental health, to addiction, all those things. But they don't want to hear it because you're not allowed to debate them. And this is the point. You're not allowed to shut up and do what you're told and shut up and listen to the science and sit down and shut up because we're trying to save your life here, okay? We're trying to save your life, you ungrateful SOB. And they don't have this problem in China, you know. You know, in China, they don't have this problem because people there are good and they do what they're told. Here's Francis Collins going on about how so much better in China. Cut 17. China didn't have a problem with politicians disagreeing with the leadership, <laughs> and nor, nor did they have a media problem, but we sure had every possible voice, many of them with all kinds of intentions that were not noble, uh, ready to capitalize on a circumstance where there was uncertainty and resentment and anger and fear and whip that up in the biggest way. Yeah, imagine that. You know, it's just so pesky, that whole freedom thing, isn't it? You know, because here we are trying to save your life and you have the audacity to disagree with us and tell us that maybe the things that we're doing are going to lead to bad outcomes. So shut up and sit down. Be quiet. We know it's better for you. We know it's best for you. And we're trying to keep you safe. And we know science and you don't get to disagree with us. Sit down. Be like China. Sit down and shut up. Here's Francis Collins flashback now singing during the pandemic. Uh, from 
By the way, where did you find? Where did you? Find, I gotta ask you, Matt DeSantis, executive producer. Where did you find this anyway? Uh, the singing. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is a, this is classic Francis Collins. I, much like Eric Swalwell, if he's even tangentially uh, featured in the news, I'm going to put him on the show sheet so I can play the infamous clip. Francis Collins, if he's even remotely newsworthy, I'm going to put him on the show sheet so we can play this soundtrack. Oh, good. I like this now. This is good. I don't think I've heard this song in quite some time. So, excellent. We have an excuse now to play <laughs> one of Matt DeSantis' favorite clips of Francis Collins singing Somewhere Past the Pandemic <laughs> from November of 2021 as the National Institute of Health Director, Cut 18. Somewhere past the pandemic <laughs> where not over those other countries cries we hear All those other countries are our family, too. You got that? There you go. Uh, my favorite is when he, he, he took the New York, New York, but he made it into um, China, China. So it's all about, like, how great China is. You know, it's like Beijing, Beijing, you know. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. And all you got to do to make it there is just submit to the will of government and give up your freedom and you'll be fine. So, you know, sit down and shut up. Uh, all right, 855-839-1210 is the number on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. we got a lot of shows, breaking news all over the place. Uh, the president of Harvard has officially stepped down. We'll talk about that as well. And I want to tell you about my friends at Emmons Roofing and Siding because they are fantastic. I'm so grateful for the work Emmons has done all these years for me and my home. You know, we've been using Emmons for about six years for various projects from the roof, which was the first thing we used them for. And then we did, they did such a great job. We said, let's do the windows, doors, siding. 
And now Emmons is in the remodeling uh, aspect of home improvement as well. So we used them for our kitchen and our bathroom remodeling, and they did a fantastic job. See, Matt and his wife, Stephanie, are dedicated to great customer service, getting the job done right, on time, on budget, cleaning up when they're done, making sure you're happy. That's why I so highly recommend them. You can visit the Emmons Design Showroom in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, if you like, or go to EmmonsRemodeling.com and see their great bathroom and kitchen remodeling projects. And also, remember, they serve our entire region. They serve Pennsylvania, New Jersey, uh, and the Delaware and the Jersey Shore. And if you have a shore house, you should really get that roof looked at this winter before, I think they're saying we may get a big snowstorm coming up this weekend. Winter weather is really tough on shore homes, so have Emmons take a look. They'll never tell you you need a new roof if you don't, but if you do, trust the team. They will take great care of you. Just go to EmmonsRoofing.com or EmmonsRemodeling.com and trust the company that I trust, EmmonsRoofing.com. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. I like Francis Collins' version much better, <laughs> but that's me. I've been accused of having bad taste before. Speaking of which, by the way, is we do the uh, cut sheet, as we call it, although I, I don't, we don't really call it a cut sheet anymore since the morning show stole my intellectual property. <laughs> And continues to use it. We're legally not allowed to call it a cut sheet. Otherwise, we'll get an email. Yeah, I think that's exactly what will happen. I'll get an email about it. So we now just call it. What do you? What do you? How do you refer to it? Actually, what do you say? I just call it our show sheet. Show sheet. Yeah, yeah just a show sheet. And we don't have anything like what's on the show sheet. I mean, you know, what? <laughs> so, and I don't need that. And you know, let them have their fun in the morning. <laughs> It's all good. But I, what I did notice, though, last night was even though yesterday morning I got up at 7 o'clock in the morning on New Year's Day, uh, still drunk, and got dressed, put on a suit, went into Philadelphia, and had to deal with the Mummers parade closures, went on Fox News, and I my clip went viral. You know, it went on Grabian, and it got picked up, and people played it, which was cool. 
However, last night as I was getting ready to go to bed and I looked at the show sheet that Matt DeSantis sends over every night and I'm reading through all the audio, I notice I'm not on there. I didn't even make the audio of my own show with my viral Fox News clip. I figured we didn't need the audio since we had the host. You could just repeat what you said. Yeah, but it's better if I play the clip because then it sounds, I don't know, cooler. Like, wow. (laughs) It wasn't an indictment of what you said. It was just, why do we need to play a clip of Rich Zioli on the Rich Zioli show? It makes no sense. No, it makes perfect sense. If we can play, wait, well, but playing Francis Collins singing, that makes sense. That was a hit. We got a lot of people responding on social media. They enjoyed it, or or they at least heard it. That was a hit. That's true. That was a hit. And I'm waiting for him in concert. That's going to be great. (laughs) Bring tomatoes to that concert. Do you know, my, by the way, my wife danced with her father at, for that, uh, that, at our wedding. (laughs) No, not the Francis Collins' song to that one. The, um, no. I thought you meant the Francis Collins song. No, we got married in 2008. I don't think Francis Collins started his singing career until COVID. So I don't know. He's pretty talented. He must have been practicing for quite some time. He might have had a cover band. Uh, and then my friend, uh, well, our, our, our VP of sales, he, he danced with his mom at his wedding to Francis Collins's rendition of, uh, no, to the other guy. What was his name? Uh, Israeli uh, Kwakamakadugi. What's How do you yeah, say I, it? I, I have no idea. Yeah. Israel. Try to pronounce it. Kamakawiwole. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think any of us are saying it. Good even effort. close to being right. Like, not even remotely right. <laughs> Try not to say it close. phonetically. I, I, don't, I still don't think that's right. But it's a beautiful version. It's not Francis Collins' beautiful, but it's beautiful. You know, it doesn't remind everybody that all the foreign countries are our family, too. But nevertheless... It is a beautiful version. But I, so I'm sitting there yesterday and I got all these people sending me notes and hey, congrats, your clip went viral talking about Biden and people are writing it up. And like Levin's producer, he put it on Rumble. Like it was, but my own producer <laughs> doesn't even put it on my own show sheet. I didn't know you wanted it. Just a little background information. Rich sent it to me uh, yesterday afternoon and I thought. No, no, I didn't. Big Dan sent it. You sent it to me too, though, and I, I thought you just wanted to make sure that I had seen it. And I thought I thought you were saying, "Oh wow, look, I'm, I've gone viral. This is pretty cool." I didn't know you sent it to me because you wanted me to throw it onto the show sheet. Well, there's two things here about why I sent it to you. Number one was the fact that I sound incredibly sober, even though clearly my blood alcohol <laughs> level was way too high uh legally and number two was the fact that it went viral so there you go you know what i mean well we have it if you would like to hear yourself on your own show i'd like to know if they played it on the morning show today did kale play it or did that not make the cut sheet i'll be honest i was What's not up at six on the cut sheet <laughs> did that make it or no i don't know i didn't wake up that early i would assume not though that yeah, probably not right why would they put me on their a little cut sheet. If you didn't make your own cut sheet, what are the chances you made theirs? That's a fair point. That's a good point. It's an excellent, actually, yeah. Uh, All right, well, here's me. Uh, It starts with Biden, though. It starts with Biden. You know what it is? I I have a hard time doing this because there was a host on the station years ago. I'm not going to say his name. It's like, it it rhymed with like um, Merconish. He would go on and he'd play his own clips all the time. Like, this is what I said on MSNBC yesterday, and I always found it to be incredibly egotistical. But 
I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. Cause, you know, it's like when I when he did it, I thought it was egotistical. When I do it, I think it makes perfect sense to bring it to everyone's attention. You know, that's the difference right there, I think. I'm not following the logic, but I got it. <laughs> There's no logic at all whatsoever. It's the, you know, it's clips for thee, but not for me or whatever. Uh, but I'm sure that on tomorrow's what's on the cut sheet they still won't play it even though they had a host go viral on the station why would they why why do it you know what i mean i'm gonna leave it in their folder so that they play it by accident good let them play i mean if they, look if they're already stealing my intellectual property they may as well play one of my clips <laughs> I, i'm just you know i'm just saying uh all right so here's what i said <laughs> i really do. i feel i this is so spurcottish right now this really is i mean I should just shave my head and get it over with. Uh, all right, here's me <laughs> on Fox News yesterday. This clip went viral, uh, except the only people who heard it were people that are not associated with Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. <laughs> Actually, Opelka played it yesterday when he filled in for me. Thank you, Michael Pelka. Thank you for playing this on my show yesterday. But in case you missed it, here, here we go. Go ahead. So he says, we'll be back next year. I wasn't entirely sure what he meant about that. Uh, but, you know, does it mean he really likes where they were on vacation? They're in the tropical location. Or, or is it about the election that he wants to get back out there and, and win the next election? Your thoughts on kind of that uh, a very short little statement on his, on his way as his vacation is wrapping? You know, Molly, I have to wonder, is the biggest state that Joe Biden's staying at in St. Croix, is that worth more than Mar-a-Lago was valued at? I'm, I'm just curious, you know, because I think, well, Mar-a-Lago was valued at, what, $9 million? I think this house is worth something like $40 million. Also, the guy who owns it, big media guy, you know what I mean? Well, Biden is once again showing how completely out of touch he is. And is he really even running for re-election? He's down in St. Croix. Last time I checked, there's not a lot of electoral votes in St. Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands. He's not even pretending to hit the campaign trail. So for Joe Biden doing a pre-recorded interview with Ryan Seacrest, it just sounded so robotic last night. And, you know, luckily nobody was really paying attention to it. But this is going to be a year for Democrats to have to ask this honest question. Do they really want Joe Biden to be their nominee? Do they really want this guy to be on the ballot? Because as bad as he is right now, Molly, it's only going to get worse. And if he's got a debate on a general election stage this coming fall, it is not going to go well for him. That's why I think so many Democrats right now are turning around and saying, we got to do something. It's why people like David Axelrod are coming mm -hmm. out there and saying, this guy can't win. You've got Bill Maher saying it. You've got all these other Obama people coming out now and saying, Joe Biden can't win. They don't know what to do. They're stuck because of Kamala Harris, but they know that he is a disaster in the making, and they're really worried about this in 2024. They should be. To the See, that a disaster in the making. Now, I played that. Yes, it's a profound political statement, but mostly because I managed to sound sober at 9.15 a.m. on New Year's Day when I was <laughs> drinking till about 8.45 a.m. on New Year's Day. <laughs> So that's really why I wanted to play it for that purpose more than anything else. It was like that scene in Princess Bride where he's just taking his head and dunking it in just barrels of water until finally, enough! You know what I mean? That's how what they had to do to me before I went on the air. <laughs> and then the minute that they said I was clear, because that's what they do. They, I was in the studio in Philly and they tell you back in New York, they go, okay, you're clear. The minute they said that, I threw up. <laughs> so, yeah, you know... Yeah. 
You had your Michael Jordan flu game here. <laughs> That's what it was right there. It was, uh, it was more of an Irish flu, but, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's why I wanted to share that more than anything else. I forgot even about it, too. The, the funny thing about it is they'd asked me if I wanted to do it a week ago. And I did, the, I did, I did a hit uh, last week on Fox, uh, Fox News. And then I forgot about yesterday's hit. And sometimes the night before, they'll send a reminder with your topics. And they didn't do that. And so New Year's Eve, we're all having fun, everything like that. I went to bed 7 o'clock in the morning. I looked at my phone and I saw that. And I said... I got to go on TV in two hours. This is not good. You know, nothing good is going to come from this. But somehow it went viral. So there you go. You know, you should when be you least drunk expect more, it. Yeah, you should be drunk more frequently on television. Evidently, good things happen. Uh, or on radio as well, right? I mean, you saw the ratings memo. Yeah, that is true. We are doing well. It's huge. Chicks dig me. I mean, the what? Where did that come from? It's in. It's in the numbers. <laughs> it's in the numbers. We were doing well with basically every demographic, though. I, I just latched onto yeah. that one, though. But I, but, but I really look at that ratings number. And I, I, I read it out loud yesterday, and I said, "Wow!" I said, "Chicks dig me." Look at that. <laughs> Because our numbers with women are quite good. That should have been the headline on the email from management. <laughs> Chicks dig rich Zioli. Speaking of that, beautiful women rocking the Zioli Army wear, I want to thank Sharon. She put out a picture of her in her Zioli Army Kelly Green hoodie that her husband bought her for Christmas. So thank you for wearing that for us, Sharon. We appreciate it very, very much. Uh, and very nice of your husband to buy that for you. We appreciate that. You are our marketing department, so thank you. Uh, it means a lot. It really does. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Trump has officially appealed the main ballot ban before the United States Supreme Court. This is breaking news. It's just happening right now as we speak. I'll bring you all the details on that. Harvard's president resigns and the usual suspects, of course, are all screaming racism. Wait till I tell you what Al Sharpton and Ibram X. Kendi are both saying as they scream about racism and the appeal from Donald Trump. It's a big day. It's breaking news all over the place. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. We are watching uh, right now some breaking news. Former President Donald Trump officially appealing the decision by the Secretary of State of Maine to ban him from the ballot. So that is going before the United States Supreme Court. I imagine the court will grant cert on that uh, and take it up in uh, no time at all. So good. Uh, And I think this is an easy decision for the United States Supreme Court to make. They don't even have to get into the 14th Amendment, Section 3. They can But I think the larger question here is where was the due process for Donald Trump? You don't get to just decide somebody's guilty because you saw something on TV. That's not how it works in this country. I mean, I think OJ did it, but the jury disagreed and there you go. That's how it works in this country. You have to have a trial, you have to have criminal charges, and you have to have due process. And he had none of those things. Certainly not in Maine. I don't think he had it in Colorado either, although that's the argument that the Colorado Supreme Court would make if the, uh, their solicitor went before the Supreme Court. But Maine, this was literally a situation where the Secretary of State turned around and said, I've decided he committed an insurrection. Well, that's, that's nice. I mean, good for you. You should be proud of yourself, but you don't get to just decide that. That's just not how it works. 
You know, there's this pesky due process thing in the Constitution. And again, you know, they don't have to worry about this in China. They just decide people's guilt. But in America here, we actually do use due process, or at least we're supposed to, even if we see it happen on TV, even if we think we know the person's guilty. It doesn't change the fact that they have due process rights. It doesn't change the fact that this is a federal crime, potentially, and there have not even been federal charges yet, let alone a federal trial, let alone a federal verdict. But we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Remember something, the um, special counsel, Jack Smith, got a very, very nasty Christmas present right before we left for break. It was a Friday afternoon. It was the last day that I was on the air. So it was, I think, the 23rd, if I'm not mistaken. And right at the very end of the day on that Friday, the Supreme Court came out and said, we are not going to hear your request to fast track Trump's immunity issues. So the question, of course, being, were his actions regarding January 6th subject to presidential immunity? And the Supreme Court of the United States said, we're not going to hear this. It has to go through the circuit court process. In doing so, what they did was they told the special counsel, guess what, pal? Your whole little stunt to try to get this case on national television before Super Tuesday is not going to happen. Because in order for the process to occur before there can even be a trial regarding Donald Trump and his election denialism and then January 6th, whatever charges the special counsel throws at him, you first have to deal with the question of presidential immunity. Whatever the circuit court in D.C. decides is going to be appealed to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court will take their time and determine whether or not they want to hear the appeal. And if they do, then there's more time on top of that. So you see, Jack Smith got a very, very nasty uh, Christmas gift by the Supreme Court. His whole thing was, I want to see this trial happen before Super Tuesday. I want it to be on national TV to the best that it can. Can't have cameras in federal courtrooms, but at least the coverage would be there. And now that's not going to happen. There's no chance of it happening. Now, there's actually a chance this may not even happen before the election. You get into a certain window where you get too close to election day and the court does not like the idea of somebody being on trial. The Justice Department has an unwritten rule where 90 days before an election, you, you wouldn't even uh, pursue, those, uh, pursue that trial anyway. Uh, it's very possible now that all this will get kicked down to 2025, in which case then if Trump's president, he's just going to pardon himself, which he should do because then it goes away. Now, I would expect if the court comes back and says... Donald Trump has not had any due process. I would expect the special counsel to add charges to the already to, to the already extensive federal indictment, charging him with inciting an insurrection or giving aid and comfort to those who have, meaning the Proud Boys who were convicted of seditious conspiracy. He'll add charges to that. But you're still not going to hear that case because it's still going to be wrapped up in the question of presidential immunity. And then, assuming... He's found guilty of those things. Then the question of the 14th Amendment, Section 3, would apply whether or not a president is included. And I told you this already. Not only is the word president not there, it was there originally in the draft. The first draft of the Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, not the one they went with, but the draft, the first crack at it 
had the word president in there. They took it out. So the intention of the 14th Amendment, the writers, the ratifiers, all those fun people, was clearly to not include the president. And then so the court has to, they just, that's another easy one for them that, that just said president's not included. So there you go. The issue is a complicated one as far as the process plays out. That's good for Trump and bad for the special counsel. No question about it. No doubt about it. Guy Reschenthaler, United States Congressman, is going to be here with me in just a few minutes. The president of Harvard, Claudine Gay, has stepped down. Uh, Screaming racism from the rooftops, of course. Plagiarism was the issue that brought her down. Plagiarism. Forget the fact that Harvard was rife with anti-Semitism and all these people chanting about death to the Jews. Plagiarism is what finally got her down. But actually, it was more of the fact that the alumni and the donors were the ones who said Claudine Gay has to go. She's playing the victim card. Al Sharpton is screaming about racism. Ibram X. Kendi is screaming about racism. All these people are screaming about racism. The truth of the matter is that Claudine Gay, I'm surprised she survived this long. Carol Swain, Dr. Carol Swain, who was on the show with us, who's fantastic, she said it herself. She was plagiarized by Claudine Gay. She was plagiarized herself. And all these people who worked so hard, their intellectual property was just stolen by the former now president of Harvard. But as you would predict, as you would expect, because she's a black woman, they are now screaming that this was racism. I'll share all that with you as the show goes on as well. And as Joe Biden's poll numbers plummet, and he is a disaster, just like I said in Fox News yesterday, as he is, his poll numbers plummet and Hispanics and blacks leave Joe Biden for Donald Trump, what does that mean for the Democrats as they move towards their primary? I'll give you some thoughts on that as the show progresses as well. In Philadelphia, we have a new mayor. She's declaring a crime emergency, a public safety emergency to deal with Philadelphia's crime issue. All that is straight ahead for you. We have 30 minutes of nonstop talk. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. 